Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Well, it's Script Shop Show, everybody. We made it back. Hello. How are you? My name is Jack. I'm fine, Jack. My name's Listener. Hi, Listener. Oh, I'm Allison. Listener, thank you so much for joining us today. That's it's so sweet. It's such a pleasure of you to join us on your commute or as you're relaxing at home. Or maybe taking a shower. Taking a shower, playing this. Do you know what? What? Philip takes his phone into the shower. Yeah, so do I. Well, not what? into the shower. It's, in, it's just in the bathroom. No, he takes it into the shower. Right, well, your husband's a crazy person. That's what I say. I and I and <laughs> Unless he's got a really good case. I, I guess phones are pretty waterproof now, right? I'm, I mean, I don't know, and I would never take my phone into the shower. I'm with you. Into the shower? I mean, listen, For God's listen. sake. My Lord. <laughs> the other day we were switching showers because he'll hop in, uh-huh. shower, leave the water running, I'll hop in. Yeah. Because one of us is like making sure the baby doesn't oh, do right. anything crazy. right. And so um, I hop in, and he leaves the phone in there, and he says, I'm just going to leave the – and I said, you know this makes me so nervous. And he goes, yeah, I know. And I was like, "Uh sitting there, paranoid shower, watching this phone. Yeah, but if so, if it's in there, but that but like that, that sort of takes away from your shower experience, though, right? Exactly, because now you, you're mentally hung up on his phone. Yeah, and oh, I'm just yeah. waiting for the moment where it tips off of the ledge and lands right into like the basin, the little water yeah. puddle you have there. That that would bother me. Yeah. Well, so just in case you couldn't tell, this is our uh, podcast where we talk to scripts. <laughs> so, uh, so just in case you couldn't tell, this is our podcast where we talk to screenwriters about their scripts. That's right. We I, may talk, just, I may just leave that in there anyway. <laughs> we talk to screenwriters about all the little things that make them uh, tick. You know, the small things like the paranoia about a phone falling into and then how that plays out metaphorically in a larger way in, let's say, a created piece of written work. <laughs> yeah, the metaphor of worrying about the phone is actually like worrying about <laughs> the relationship itself and it oh, builds God. up. So, yeah, I didn't want to go there. That's but there terrifying. We are. Uh, We also have very good news today. Our guest who sent us his script is Robert Johnson, who sent us a script called Therapist. Wait, I want to say it like this. Therapist. Fair enough. It's spelled T-H-E-R-A-P-I-S-S-E-D. So it's way more fun if you say it like this. I'm therapist. (laughs) It's therapist. You know, another one fun way to say it would be therapist. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Gets therapist. Throws his fiat. Therapist. I'm therapist off right now. So, uh, which is maybe some of the best wordplay with therapists since uh, since uh, Arrested Development's yeah. analrapist. Yeah. Man, that's good. But so uh, the reason I'm excited, in addition to because I'm always excited when people send us their work and we get to talk to them. But in this case, Robert used the phrase that pays. Ding, 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 hot ding, ding, burrito ding, 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 ding. big time. He hot burritoed our inbox. He hot burritoed the hell out of us. We <laughs> opened the script and said, therapist, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. And dove right in so listeners if you're a listener if you love the show if you want to submit your work and if you have written something yeah go to scriptshopshow.com slash submit and uh in the body of your email you know or instagram facebook twitter whatever you can hashtag hot burrito and uh 
we pay attention to that. We we want to know who you are if you're a listener, and we want to respect your work and your time, and we'll give your your script a read ASAP. Yeah, priority read. So today's script therapist is a sixty page blastingly loud dark comedy with tons of reader gifts, and it's it. a and it's a pilot episode. It's a pilot. That's right. And I say blastingly loud dark comedy because it, there's I mean there's dark elements in it, but it's yeah. mostly like. The sunny side of darkness, I think. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's a bit of a mania to it that's yes, a lot of fun. Yes, that mania is very fun. Yeah, yeah, and I'm super excited about getting into it. And we should probably do that right now. Let's uh, let's go to the phone that uh, Rob's been waiting. Uh, Robert Johnson, hello, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, man? Hey, I, I feel obligated to let you know right out of the gate. I have nothing but the utmost apologies to give to you. Frank is not here today. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's one of the top three reasons I wanted to be on the show. I mean, I Frank Frank definitely is the main attraction. Of course. <laughs> well, I better be you better be having fun doing something then. <laughs> hey, we really appreciate that you listen to the show. Um, it means a lot to us really to get does. to connect with you in this way. Oh yeah, the show's great, so that helps. You know. Aww. Mm. Well, you sent us a really great script too. How long have you been writing? Um, about three or four years now. Really? It's, so this is a recent thing for you? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of jumped into it. How are you so good already? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do a lot of thinking before I start writing. A lot of note taking, a lot of outlining. You okay. know. So you're a, you're you're a, you're the guy. You're the kind of guy that likes to plan for stuff and maybe plan stuff out. Is was was writing because it is such a recent development. Was writing part of the plan for you, like like life wise? It's not what you went to school for, is it? No, actually, I just I've always been told I'm just always outrageous and just making a lot of stuff up. And someone said, like, why don't you just start writing this stuff down? So I did. Took a lot of notes. Started piecing stuff together and. I come up with some pretty wild stuff sometimes. <laughs> well, therapist is, yeah, that's full. I mean, wild is definitely one of the ways to describe this script. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> so what did you actually go to school for? I didn't go to school for anything, just high school. Yeah. Okay. Then I started working and got into truck driving, and I've actually written seven scripts, two pilots, and about ten shorts, mostly from the cab of a truck. Wow. Like actually writing or dictating? Actually, don't answer no. that question. That sounds like a liability issue. Oh, no, no, no. In the, in the back of a truck. Yeah. Ah, okay. We, uh... <laughs> when, I'm not, when the truck's not in motion. <laughs> well, there we go. That's, that's much better. That's the answer I wanted to hear there. So, I mean, you, you've got a bit of a, like a screenwriter, like, like a screenwriter Jack Kerouac thing going on. Like you're literally on the road and you're, and you're just, you're writing. How much does what you're traveling around and seeing, how much does that influence what you're writing? Oh, it's pretty huge, actually. You go to like a whole new area see different types of people and then you're like they start you know leaking their way into character traits and stuff like that so yeah it's kind of an interesting route and one of the things that really got me into it was actually podcasts i was listening to script notes mm. and they kind of taught me that's how i learned the format and everything off podcasts so then i started searching more podcasts and then found you guys I've been listening since the beginning. Oh, holy cow, man. <sighs> I am so flattered. Can we, turn the, can we turn up the air in here? Let's I'm just draw little, little hearts around him. I'm getting a little flush. Let's, that's so great. Thank you. That's super cool. Um, well, you know, so you, you've been listening to script notes, learning how to write. 
who reads your work? Like, who's giving you feedback on this stuff whenever you actually write something and then put it out into the world? I've submitted a few things to uh, the blacklist and gotten some good reviews. I mean, that's my biggest thing right now is I don't know how to find an agent, how to get anything to managers, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of stockpiling it. And when I finally figure it out, I'd like to be like, and there's this other stuff instead of just having one or two things, you know. Yeah. Right. Do you prefer, like you said, you've written a few features and this is the pilot for a series. Is there, do you prefer writing for a, a contained story in a film or do you like the idea of doing a series? It's kind of just whatever the idea needs. Like, I have a lot of ideas that have definite endings, and then I'll try and push those towards a feature. But then a lot of ideas, like, oh, yeah, this, you make a bunch of crazy, weird characters, and this could go on forever. That's the ones I'm like, well, I don't want to see this closed off so soon, yeah. you know? You know... So then I'll make that a, try and make that a TV series. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you were talking about how people have just given you feedback, that you're a wild and crazy guy. What do you mean about that specifically? Like, what goes on in your life that people are like, you make up the craziest stuff? Um, I kind of just say stuff. And to me, I'm just trying to be funny. And then a lot of people are like, where did you come up with that? I'm like, I don't know. Just said it, though. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Just kind of how I've always been. Do you have siblings? I got one little brother. Mm -hmm. What does he think about all your crazy stuff? Oh, he's crazy, too. He does <laughs> podcasts, and yeah, we have a good time. So this is something that your parents instilled in you guys then? Yeah, mainly my dad. My dad was pretty wild and still is to this day. Like in what ways? What does he do? Uh, I don't know. He's just kind of the guy that can make, you know, walk into a room and make the record scratch. <laughs> and everyone has to look at him. And then it's always a good, because my mom's very the straight person. So they got a good dynamic, yeah. good comedy duo, you know. I need. I just have to take um, an insider pause here for a second, which is that you just said my father is the kind of person that walks into a room and makes the record scratch. Yeah. And one of the things that I absolutely love about your script are the ways you describe people. Yeah. The way that you write in character, like character flavor. For example, I ended up copying and pasting my lines. My very first one is talking about Gladys, the secretary, yeah. and you're describing the way that she's working on her keyboard. And the line is, she is no nonsense, banging away on her keyboard like she's deactivating a nuke last second. I <laughs> I just had, like, I stopped while I was reading, and I was like, oh, that's, like, the funniest line I've ever read. <laughs> I made a similar note about detailed character descriptions that are in the beginning of the story. When you introduce the character of Trevor, you say, you can tell he works out, but he doesn't eat right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is maybe the most insane character description I've ever seen. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I try I try not to get too flowery, but I do like to have fun in the action, you know. I mean, it is fun. I also want to add in the one about Bruce. Bruce goes back into the stall he jumped out of and grabs his... <laughs> I can't even say it. He gets the sandwich off the toilet. The toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, so this no. is, you're, you're, you're very specific in the way that you're describing these characters. And in, in this script, therapist about this guy, Alvin, who is a, he's a psychotherapist who, with his own issues. Um, you're, you're, you've developed these characters all in a very specific way. You're, everybody is, I think, very well defined. And I think that would maybe figure into your like planning things out and the outlining and, and the note taking that you do ahead of time is what I would attribute that to. Right. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Cause you know, it's hard to, to try and make people not all sound alike. So you got to be pretty thoughtful with like, all right, this is going to be their own person. So what would they do? You know? Yeah. So let's lay out the story a little bit. We, you know, we talked about um, Alvin, the therapist, who's got his own problems. Yeah. It turns out that he has an arrangement with his wife, Jessica, where uh, she's a free spirit, as it says in the script. She's a free spirit. Yeah. Um, she likes to have sex with a lot of people, and Alvin does not like having sex. Well, Alvin is... He's asexual. He's asexual, which I described. think is an incredibly unique main character to have. Yeah, it's you know, a perspective that hasn't been delved in too much. Yeah. Um, Alvin also has anger issues. So his own personal issues that he talks about with this therapist that he can't trust is that he has anger issues. And he finds out that he gets very angry at his patients and ends up helping one of them by yelling at her in a hypnotic trance. And so he's kind of self-therapizing himself while trying to cure them. Right getting his rocks off in therapy as well. And he falls in love, basically. He meets somebody and he kind of starts to fall in love. Well, yeah, this guy Devin shows up out of the blue and Alvin, who is normally, he, like, he he makes it a point in the script, you use a lot of voiceover to establish a lot of Alvin's character and to get some insight I- into who he is and also what his relationship with these other characters are. And he, in early on when he's describing the fact that he is asexual, he describes the fact that he prides himself on the fact that he doesn't let things like desire and attractiveness hang him up. He gets to have what he considers to be a much more genuine conversation with someone because he doesn't have the hangups on that. And then all of a sudden, this guy Devin comes into his office and he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, he since he's never experienced it before, he's like, it's all new to him. Like, Alvin's almost like an alien that's just trying to figure out how normal people, you know, act. So when he runs into something like that and he doesn't know how to deal with it, he's just kind of all over the place, you know. Well, and, you know, for him, the way he feels, to him, that's what's normal. Like, he may be, especially because he's got this therapy background and stuff, and he does interact with people, he may have a decent awareness about the fact that maybe outside of the norm isn't where he, he he's a little outside of the norm. But to him, this is this is the normal thing for him, to not experience any sort of desire for people, and he's just living his life doing his thing. Uh, that's a really good point. Exactly how I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did no, you... I, I, didn't th- I didn't think of it that way, yeah, but like, yeah, that's a great point. Why did you choose to make Alvin asexual? Because what the, um, I thought about with his, with the deal he has with his wife, it would just make more sense if he was like, he just didn't care about that stuff at all. Like, there would be zero jealousy because he was like, do whatever you want, just as long as we go to the picnic together. And ever get some FaceTime in, you know. Mm-hmm. It is sorry. I've been- he, like, and, like he was kind of doing her a favor too in by getting married because she wanted to be able to do her thing, but her dad was giving her a hard time. So this is, I guess, is is it? It's a mutually beneficial relationship between the two of them, right? He gets what is yeah, it, what's definitely. He, what's he getting out of it though with her? I'm a little, I'm a little dry on that. Well, just the whole thing is he just wants that look of like you know the married man goes home to his wife, stable. Oh, fair and enough. He, he thinks he thinks it looks good for his profession. Yeah, sure. This whole, you know, you say it was easier for him to just be asexual, but is there anything like, I feel like there's got to be something else there. Or were you just trying to play out this particular character trait and that was a, a good, like, kind of setup for it? 
Yeah, I think so. Like it just seemed, and it also just seems something unique, like you were saying before, something I haven't seen before. I, yeah. I do everything I write. I do try and put. I want to put out stuff that you haven't seen yet. You know, so that's definitely part of it. So of course, when he does, um, when Devin does come walking into his life, that starts to change. Yeah, he's having this awakening now where he finds himself attracted to this guy. Yeah. Is that the whole... That that opens a whole new set of questions, you know? Like, if he thought he ever was going to be attracted to someone, he probably figured it would be a girl, and now it's not. Like, how do you handle any of it? Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of weird ways it could go, you know? Where do you see the relationship between Alvin and his sexuality going in the future, you know, in the rest of the series? I've thought about that, and, like, I don't know. I think he might do a little exploring, hit a lot of dead ends, (laughs) you know, just try and find his way through it, which is almost a weird coming-of-age story, but later in life, which is kind of crazy. Well, and how much, so we we talked also about how this Alvin character has these fits of rage that he goes into, almost almost Hulk-like in, like, just sort of losing control, screaming and yelling for a minute, and then he's got, like, some mantras and stuff that he uses, counts down, closes his eyes, breathes to, to calm himself down and sort of rein in the beast. It, 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 in the way that you were planning this out, are you connecting that rage to this asexuality that he's that he's had for so long, and now that he's finding somebody who that A, he's attracted to, and B, who is very openly flirting and playing and having fun making him uncomfortable uh, with him, uh, is the anger going to die down once maybe he has this sort of sexual awakening? It could possibly. It's more like um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but like every time Angry Al started coming out, the voiceover Al would start to fade out, like, yeah. start, to, start to lose control and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, like, I don't know with him if that'll ever go away because he doesn't take his own therapy that seriously, even though yeah. he's trying to help other people. So, like, yeah, a lot of flaws, a lot of... But, yeah, that's um, that's definitely something. If he gets a handle on himself, that's a big step into getting a handle over the anger, you know. Did you have to do research on different types of therapy to be able to kind of write out some of the details of what each of the therapists are doing here? Uh, yeah, I did. I did some research, did some Google searches to find out. Like, I just want to get some terms right, and I didn't get too deep into it because it's also too. Even if some of it's like, if there's a psychotherapist who's like, that's not how we would do it. I'm like, yeah, but this guy's crazy <laughs> doing it his way, you know. <laughs> so I didn't like get too technical with it, but I definitely looked into it. I mean, yeah, the first idea was just to make them. Um, a regular therapist, but with the psycho part, the take hypnosis part just made it make more sense that, that he would be able to control them into doing things that he can't do at his office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's the other part of the, the way that he conducts his therapy and the way that he therapizes his patients is that he uses hypnosis and it gets to the point where he gets so fed up. There's such a resentment that builds up with these patients of his that don't seem to be getting any better that at one point he flies off the handle with one of them, turns into angry Al and screams and yells and ultimately ends up curing this woman of her fear of driving. But he but he did it like in this rage and it was in a maybe a not a, a not a healthy way or an ethical yeah. way of doing it. But 
she all of a sudden is calling him saying, hey, Doc, I'm so happy. I'm cured. And he sort of sees that as a way, well, what if this works? Let me try it with other people. The Was there a certain reason behind hypnosis that you, you wanted to use, a reason why you wanted to use hypnosis in this other than just, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun plot device for control? I like it as a plot device, but it's also just an interesting thing that, like, if you if they keep coming and visiting him week after week, like how easy would he be able to put him under that quick? If he already has like like the feel of like a puppet, like he knows how to work him already, and like how far can he take that? You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But as a plot device, it really helped. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I think uh, in terms of your writing here, you're doing a lot of things that are going to give you like overarching themes throughout the series. You know, you, yeah. you've Big put time. these things in here about therapy, which is going to become its own theme. And, you know, your therapists are practicing different types of therapy, and maybe that reflects on their characters. You bring in the ethical issues, the idea of playing God. Mm-hmm. You bring in Jessica and their relationship and sexuality. And whether or not you currently have like the full picture of these things, you're putting all of the pieces in place for a really strong thematic series. Yeah, you laid a lot of groundwork in this pilot episode. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you know, you know, with pilots, it's totally different than with features. I had to you know, read up on it. You don't want to leave anything off the table. You could have a great idea. And if you don't use it and it doesn't get picked up, then it's not a great idea. It's just nothing, you know? So I really try and pack, but I also, you know, weary on the pacing. You don't want to do too much. So it's just a weird balance that way. With pilot. This show really reminds me a lot of the show pushing daisies. See, I thought breaking bad. Oh, really? Just in that, like, there's secrets on secrets, and there's this, like, tension of, oh, my gosh, yep. how's he going to get out of this one? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that makes it. I Breaking mean, that's Bad nice. was pretty good, so. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, what? What is this show? Breaking, Breaking Bad? <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll have to look into that. That sounds okay. <laughs> so we should probably get into the scene that we're going to read for today. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a little bit later in the script. Uh, folks, if you're following along, we're going to pick it up at page 35. Uh, this is Alvin and his wife, Jessica, uh, having a, a discussion. Alvin has decided that he is going to go out with Devin. Devin's come into his office a few times and has been very openly flirtatious with him and sort of strong-armed him into going out. And Alvin said, okay, let's, uh, let's go out and try to get to know you better as a patient. Alvin's still trying to convince himself that this is a professional relationship, even though deep down he, he knows it's not. obviously should not be going out with somebody who's a patient. And his wife, Jessica, who, again, they, they've got an open marriage. Uh, I'm trying to remember if she has met Devin at this point now yet or not. I think that she has. Regardless, the, she's going to meet him, and right. there's some nice problems that are going to crop up yeah, between she, both of them kind of meeting this hunky hunky dude. This hunky dude who uh, is uh, having a lot of fun with the new town that he just moved into. So anyway, we're going to pick it up uh, from page 34 mm-hmm. uh, where uh, Alvin's letting his wife know, hey, guess what? I got some, I got some action coming up. So uh, we're going to pick it up right here. And since Frank isn't here, we are lucky enough to have a uh, co-worker and friend of mine in the studio doing our action headings and narration. This is uh, 1530, ESPN 1530's Mo Egger. We're friends? Yeah, sure. We've oh, hung okay. out before. Wow. Cool. Well, I was thinking the same I was, thing. I wasn't aware I had friends here. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, well, no, I just thought maybe we were nothing more than acquaintances. We've been friends for like 10 years. 
Aww. It's good to know. It's good to know. We hang out about once every five. Yeah, so that's true. Pretty good. Schedules don't always match up. <laughs> uh, so Mo is going to be doing our action headings and uh, narration here. And again, we are starting on page 34. And uh, we'll start with you, Mo, whenever you're ready. Interior, Alvin's house. Living room, night. Alvin and Jessica sit on the couch in the living room. They watch a nature documentary. Neither of them that into it. Hey, guess what? I'm getting laid tomorrow. How is Trevor? Not him. It's a new guy. Shocking. Alvin has a mischievous grin, like he's keeping a secret. What? I know that look, Vinny. You're keeping something from me. I may have a potential sexual conquest of my own. Jessica tucks her knees under her, so excited she can't hold still. Shut all the way up! Seriously? Who is she? Big old titties? Fat ass? No need to tell her specifics, like names or genders. Uh, don't worry, you don't know this person. I wouldn't give a shit if I did. This is exciting. Wait, is it that crazy chick that hates cars? Heidi? No. Yeah, she'd be a hard pull smoke show. Wait a minute. Aren't you still a virgin? I am. How come I didn't think about that? Why didn't I just thinking about it now? It's just a drink, right? You can practice on me if you want. That's okay. I wouldn't want our marriage to get weird. Good point. I need some air. Alvin gets up and grabs his hoodie. I have a little something to take care of tonight. You little hoe. You better not be home early. She thinks I'm having a sexual escapade tonight. Fine. That'll buy me some time. Worked for Heidi. Maybe I should pay a visit to my old pal Estelle tonight. Alvin is chased out of the house by Jessica's hoots. And scene. Whoop, whoop. I was going to hoot. I don't know. <laughs> That's close enough. <laughs> Mo, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That is Cincinnati's own Mo Egger. You can catch him on ESPN 1530. Also, he writes for theathletic.com. Okay, and back to Robert now. Rob, I really, I want to talk about Jessica, oh, actually. Yeah. You know, you, you have her as a very distinct character. She is this married woman who married an asexual man, basically so she can sleep with whoever she wants because it's cool with their relationship and not get judged for it. Um, where did this idea come from? Do you know somebody like this? Did it just come out of nowhere? No, so the whole therapist thing was just two different random ideas that I had. I had this idea of a couple that had that same situation, and I was going to make that into a thing. And then, honestly, I came up with the title therapist and built everything around that because yeah. I liked the title. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as far as her, like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone like that, but I like the idea for doing what she's doing, but also not being a bad person. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know if it comes off, but I did try to make her likable, like, because she's doing it without doing it behind anybody's back. Right. So mm-hmm. I just wanted her to be fun, you know? Do you think that, like, let's say in a different set up this character wasn't married and she hadn't she didn't have this open communication do you foresee that it would be really challenging to represent her well doing what she's doing in the script yeah it could be um yeah anything with that stuff could be kind of tricky but i don't know as long as you really think it out and all that stuff i think you pull it off you think it's possible but problematic perhaps that's a lot of yeah, peace. Yeah, but I, I think her arc is definitely going to be all this kind of stuff catching up to her, you know? 
Mm. I mean, she's definitely burning a lot of bridges. She's breaking, she's breaking a yeah. lot of hearts. Again, I think you're right. I think she comes. There's there's like there's a goofy charm about her uh, that I think comes out as far as especially in the dialogue. But I'm a free spirit. But I, that's I, I got That's one of my favorite parts when when and when Alvin is letting her have it because by the near the end of the script he is uh, turned into angry al with her around and he is unloading on her the fact that he does all the dishes he cooks all the food he pays all the bills and he is just unloading on her and and when he starts giving her a hard time about the fact that she never does anything she just is going out and just meeting people and sleeping all through the town it cuts to her and she just goes but i'm a free spirit i think it's such a good that's such a good little moment yeah, it's um, one of the first times she's ever had to look back and look at the wake she's causing, you know? Yeah. Right. She because just kinda, she just kind of does what she wants. She's going to run into some real, like, oh, I guess people were having feelings and stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing. She's not a bad person. She's not being malicious with these people. She's, But she is also, you, people do affect each other. And she's having these openly sexual relationships with various people. These guys are catching feelings. And she keeps saying, ah, you know what? Uh, I'm probably out. And after a while, yeah, they're, 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 by the end of the script, two of the people that she's had flings with are talking to each other for the first time. And it, it's it, the episode ends with them <gasps> about to find out that they're bemoaning the same relationship that's ended. Drinking beers together at a bar. I love yeah. that. I like the idea of there being like a, a very specific angry mob of men that just don't like her anymore or they all love her. And that's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just going to wreak havoc with, you know, what's going on with their own little triangle. Then these guys are coming out of nowhere. And yeah, if it goes to series, there could be some fun stuff going on for sure. Do you think that there's ever any world where Alvin and Jessica might kindle feelings for each other? Oh, that's a good question. I have really thought about that, and that might be one of the most interesting ways to take it. Just go through a bunch of crazy stuff and be like, wait a minute, we could have had a cool thing just right here. Right, yeah, because you could see that happening, like a, a couple who spends a lot of time together. If this is the yeah, beginning they have of like a... comfortableness, they have, you mm-hmm. know, know each other real well. Well, she even offers once once Alvin tells her when he tells her that he's got his own thing going on, she offers to you, you want to practice on me. And that's when he even starts to first hint to her that it's not really a girl that I've got this thing that could be going on with. <laughs> yeah, I, I do love that when she says, do you want to practice on me? He goes, no, I think that would make our marriage weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the other part that we haven't really gotten into in the script is this one uh, patient of Alvin's uh, is having some very dark thoughts. And he's, there's sort of a, a recurring theme of every time he comes in, he's talking about uh, some darker issues and worries and fears and really worried that he's going to lose control to the point where Alvin, in his new quest of using the angry Al rage as a way to shake these people into curing themselves or dealing with their issues in a more direct and upfront way he goes to this guy's place and ultimately the guy ends up taking his own life which he had been threatening to do uh, in a few instances with his doctor yeah, beforehand alvin's his his like un, uncouth methods yeah. go very bad go horribly they wrong. go wrong yeah. and this guy does end up completing suicide right then and so yeah, he didn't mean to take it that far but it's not the same as helping the lady quit smoking. Right. Right. And, and the way he's doing it, again, is not the way anybody would want to go about curing anyone, whether it's smoking or, you know, a fear of driving cars. Right. Or somebody who's dealing with suicidality. But so now you've yeah, got... By the, time, by the time he gets to Rick, he's getting a little cocky. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
And now you've got this, there's this investigation now because Devin, this uh, very flirty guy that showed up in the office, come to find out, is an FBI agent. And this character of Rick, who's now dead, is a part of an investigation that Devin was in on, and w- w- was, was, was involved with. And now Alvin... Alvin didn't kill the guy, but the guy probably wouldn't be dead if Alvin wouldn't have shown up and done and did what he did at that point, right? There's and now so Alvin feels the need to cover it all up, and there's your and this is where sort of the the Breaking Bad vibe that I got of secrets on secrets on secrets and like high stakes. How do you get out of this? Uh, and that's where the episode ends with this new ongoing police investigation. Yeah, I definitely put the stakes up from from how it began. It wasn't much stakes, but by the by the end, it's like. Where is this going to go? And there's, yeah, like cartels and trafficking. And he incidentally got himself involved with all this with a potential love interest who's also a potential love interest for his wife. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot going on. (laughs) I love those things where, like, the main character is stumbling into way more. Yes. I mean, Walter White is that way. Big fan of people that are in over their heads. I love stories like that. Yeah. Think they have it, but then they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. When you wrote this, is have you only really scripted out this pilot, or do you have the rest of the season planned out? I have a rough idea of the season, um, but nothing is as well thought out as the pilot. I have some like big general things I want to do, but um, yeah, like what for example? What are some of the big general things you want to do with this story? Well, I, I had this idea where. So they're in St. George, Utah, and it's a small market for psychotherapy. But another psychotherapist moves into town, and I have this scene in my head of them making people fight for each other. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to fight each other, but they have two people under hypnosis throwing shots at each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. That sounds like a good season two villain. Yeah, something like that. And then... I don't know, just getting in deep with um Bruce. Yeah. Bruce is gonna Bruce is gonna be interrogated by Devin, like, did you see anyone there that night? Which he saw Alvin, but he's gonna sit there with his arms crossed and say no because he's not gonna turn in his best friend, but then he's gonna be calling in favors for Alvin, like, Hey, we're hanging out tonight, right? I need you to do this, I need you to So yeah, I got I got some ideas of where I wanted to go with the with the characters that I've you know, have built in. Is there, let me, let me, I want to ask you about this and I don't want to make things too heavy because I think the tone is really important. And there's a, like we said before, there's a mania to this script. There's a very sort of wild, wild ride, seat of your pants kind of feeling to this script. But that also being said, the idea of introducing characters uh, with, uh, on like the LGBTQ spectrum and also issues of, just in general, issues of mental illness and seeking help from a doctor and even issues of suicide, like in this first script, as important as I think the tone is, is there, as the writer and as the person who's coming up with this stuff, is there a sense of responsibility to play to 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 write these characters in a in an honest and genuine way that's that's true to people who may be experiencing these things in real life oh for sure because i they are very serious issues but people are people like people will just you know be crazy whether they're this or that or not be crazy whether this or that so i i definitely i definitely see someone as a character and then, like, I, they're not defined by anything like that. 
So I want I want a true version of like how would they react if they were this this and that to this, you know. So yeah, definitely uh, got to be thoughtful about it and it is kind of a thin line because you don't want to seem like you're taking light on anything, but it's stuff that, you know, happens and how some people are and so I think it should be able to talk about it still. When you are writing characters, how much of your thoughts on who they are and then kind of layering in these additional things for them to deal with, how you spend a lot of time on that, but when you start putting it down on page, how much of that changes? By the time I put down on page, they're pretty established, which might be a fault because I get pretty streamlined and like, even if I have a better idea, I'm like, no, but I've already planned this out. But, yeah, they're pretty established by the time I'm actually writing. How many hours do you so, think you spend thinking about these people? Oh, constantly. I'm always thinking of something. Like, my Evernote on my phone is, it's one of my first apps that I could open up. I just, just note all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll just write little things, and then I'll later on, I'll be like, hey, that sounds like something Alvin will do. Then I'll put it in his file. So, yeah, I don't really know how to turn it off, just <laughs> kind of constantly. So, like, in the show, Alvin, there's a there's a voiceover for Alvin that runs throughout a whole lot of the show. And if, if, if we were able to get into your voiceover as you were driving down the road, it would be just notes uh, all the time coming up with ideas for what these characters could possibly do going forward. I mean, when you put it that way, it sounds a little schizophrenic, but yeah. <laughs> oh, you got a lot on your mind, man. It's okay. <laughs> You're thinking about a lot of things. It's cool. Uh, and you know, I'm one of the other things I noticed when you when I was reading this, uh, the way you wrote it, there there are there isn't anything written in as far as like what an act break would have, like a let's take a commercial right here after maybe something big builds. Uh, was that a conscious effort? Because I mean, the subject matter, it's not like this is going to be on CBS if it was ever made into a show. It would have to be more of a like a you know a cable or a a Netflix kind a of thing, subscription type thing. Yeah, that, was that, that a conscious was effort? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a goal. I I didn't want to. Um, try and force stuff in like that if it has a, a chance to become a thing it's going to be netflix hbo hulu something like that yeah so like i wanted the story not to suffer if there's a very thin chance of it being picked up by somewhere that would need app breaks do you have a plan on where this if this was to do like say a first season do you have a plan on at least how this first season goes between the murder and the 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 devin alvin jessica relationship uh, not fully. Mm-hmm. I like to come up with an ending first. So yeah, one of the first things I came up was was with that ending, and then like I like to go back and be like, how do you? What's the most interesting place to start and then end up with this ending? And I haven't come up with anything definitive yet for the end of a series. But once I do, then I'll start plugging it in into what episode is this and that and so forth. Okay, that's exciting though that this is like very freshly alive for you that it's still developing, that these characters are still wreaking havoc throughout your mind. <laughs> is this, to, to you, is this, is this sort of what's in the forefront of your mind with all the other stuff that you've written and the other things that you've got going on? Is this sort of the one that you're putting a lot of your mental energy into right now? Um, not this moment. I have a couple of features. I'm, I'm outlining another feature right now. And um, totally different, totally different thing. More kind of comedy action-based and... But yeah, yeah, it's just kind of always on the back burner. Okay. So, what do you think your next steps are as a writer? Yeah, you said you're building your you built you're building your resume, you're building your library. Well, what what would you like to do next? 
I just, I, I feel like if I got to actually talk to an agent, they'd at least buy me lunch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I just need to figure all that part of it out, getting, getting it in front of the right people, talking to them, seeing what they say. And, you know, if it doesn't go anywhere, that's fine. I just, that's the step I'm at. It's just what, co- what goes after the project is written. So I'm pretty, pretty far back there, but, you know, trudging forward. Well, you know, life is interesting. Life is long, and I'm I'm curious about seeing how this works out for you. You know, you have yeah, you have you. this very colorful script yeah. with s- strong starts for a thematic series. I I think it is really great writing. You know, for somebody who's so fresh into writing, mm-hmm. it's very well done. And this is pretty much the coolest thing I've done since starting writing. So, like to say, thank you to you guys for giving a look-see and letting me be on the show. It's pretty awesome. Wow. It, I mean, it's our pleasure, and it's well-deserved. Yeah, the man. script is great. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, so the trick, I guess, now is to get a gig to drive uh, so somewhere into southern... You're already in the Vegas area, so just head over to, like, southern L.A., get a gig to drive over there, and then try to get some meetings going. All right. Yeah, I've <laughs> no problem. Southern L.A. a lot, so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they'll valet my semi-truck, but... <laughs> I mean, that's a big tip, at least. <laughs> Oh, so if somebody is interested in getting in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, probably email at rawb50 at gmail. And then you can hit me up on um, Instagram or Twitter. It's kind of a weird name. Bear with me here, but it's Dildopolis. Ah. D-I-L-D-O-P-H-I-L-U-S. It's a long story. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know what? You made me think of uh, on Community. Uh, Annie's character lived near a, a, a sexual, a sex toy store uh, called Dildopolis, like this, like like Metropolis. Wow, I've never <laughs> seen that. Oh man, I thought you were a Community <laughs> fan when you said that. That's funny. <laughs> no, I might have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of weird Sounds things right about dildos and dolphins now. <laughs> <laughs> Dildopolis. Well, so uh, listen, Rob, we really do appreciate your time. Thank you for sending us your stuff, uh, and thanks for taking the time to come on the show. No problem. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Good luck. All right, thank you. All right, there's I, Rob. I love talking to his brain. I think it's. I always like having people that are first getting going. He's he hasn't been doing this for very long. He's mm-hmm. enjoying doing it. He yeah. hasn't gone through any sort of weird rejection or cynicism yet. It's just writing because he enjoys doing it. And this is a fun script. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. And I love talking to him because his imagination is super strong. You know, he's talking about all the thought that he's putting into this. Mm-hmm. This guy's totally driving all around the country with characters yeah. making their own stories. Yeah. And then he's just shaping it a little bit, I think. Yeah. I really appreciate that kind of artistry and that kind of creativity. Agreed. And, yeah, especially when you're doing, you know, if the job of driving and hauling stuff, if that's like your day and then you still get to exercise like a fun creative part of your yeah. brain, I think that's great. That's really cool. Uh, if you have exercised a fun, creative part of your brain recently or a while back and it's just been sitting there for a while and you've written a script and you would like to uh, send it to us, that's exactly what you should do. You should go on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit and we would love to read it. And you should be like Robert because you listen to the show and you hear us talk about things and you hear us talk about the phrase that pays, hot burrito, do what Robert did. Hot burrito, hot burrito, hot burrito, hot burrito. Send hot us burrito. that hashtag in some way. We'll let us know that you listen to the show and just like Robert, then we'll read it and we'd potentially have you on we would love to talk about your work 
it's very rewarding for us to reconnect with you in that way. Yeah. And if you're interested in keeping the convos going, check us out, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we're at Script Shop Show on all of those. And on Twitter, I am your bestie, Westy. I'm also, I'm Script Shop Jack. My Twitter account has lots of like baby anecdotes and food things and <laughs> Jax is more specific to what we actually do. Here, well, so. yeah, it's generally like, like I'll comment on what I'm watching, whether it's a movie or a TV show or yeah. like music or whatever. Yeah, but Jack's funnier anyway, so, eh. you know, it's great. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. We're really excited about sharing all these great stories with you. And until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for